Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the paternity tests are back, and it turns out Kyle Shanahan is Sean McVay's father. The 49ers get their first win at Levi's since the last time they beat the Rams at Levi's. And with me this week, getting his certificate and rebooting routers, it's David Newman. Fuck. <laughs> you're, just, you're lucky that I've, we've taken some time for me to compose myself. Ish, ish. It's you know. Look, it 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 wasn't the best uh, hour of prep time that we had before this podcast. I'll put it that way. For the uninitiated, for those that were not following the shenanigans on the Patreon Discord, just as we were prepping, David's network just goes down. I think this has everything to do with the universe conspiring uh, against you talking about the run game for forty-four plays. This is episode four hundred four. Your network threw up a 404 error, basically. Uh, and and we need to know whether or not you're faking this network outage so that you won't have to talk about these 44 in place. Look, I don't need to fake it. If if I didn't want to talk about them, I just wouldn't talk about them. <laughs> That's the rule. Um, oh, man. it's uh, But you know what? We're overcoming. We're doing it just like we're doing, like, just like we did in, in 2015, you know, the early days. We're going to do just a regular podcast with no live stream. It's okay. I think Fully people will understand. Yeah, just like the early um, days. Yeah, just like the early days. But this time uh, with uh, just a little less beer. Like legit, true story. In like the 2012 days, uh, we would go through like three beers a person. Uh, yeah. At the beginning. Of, yeah, it was, It was. I mean, there was, there was some folly of youth there going on. But yeah, definitely. Definitely not. I've got, <laughs> I've got my nice clean jug of water right here next to me it's wonderful oh look after that i needed a beer all right oh, i've I got know. a beer I here know. yeah so a little bit of housekeeping uh this week is th- thanksgiving week uh we're gonna ha- we're gonna have the live show live stream hopefully if david gets his network fixed by sunday um but thursday we are uh next thursday we're not gonna have a show for thanksgiving this thursday we will uh and we will have a special guest to come on and talk about some bets talk about jacksonville uh and we'll do our regular thursday show this week but next week thanksgiving no thursday so don't add us, bro. But let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the thing that is, you know, they, they tried to ride your joy. The network tried to ride your joy, David. But we're going to bring it right back because the Niners beat the Rams 31 to 10. And we'll talk about what this means later and whether or not this has any bearing on the 49ers playoff chances and whether or not like the Niners are back like Texas was every year for the past three years. Um, but right we're, we're going to get to that in a minute. Right now, let's just have some fun and talk about one of the best, if not the best games this year. And and let's start with, with Kyle Shanahan, because I feel like Kyle Shanahan found his groove again against Sean McVay, and it started really with his creativity in utilizing Debo Samuel. I mean, you mentioned the 44 run plays, and uh, they certainly were not uh, hiding what they wanted to do in this game. I mean, I, I think it was very clear that they were just going to come out, and they felt like they could... Uh, hold on to the ball and and run it and shorten this game and and just kind of eat up a lot of time and eat up a lot of clock, uh, and and that was kind of the game plan, right? And I think yeah, you saw, um, a lot of the same things that we've been talking about in recent weeks in terms of you know the toss outside zone stuff and some of the things they've been doing with motion, and then they showed some new wrinkles, uh, in this game. I mean, you mentioned already, right, the getting Debo in the backfield, which was a big one. They also had kind of another uh, 
play, they, they kind of found a way to build the split zone off of that same motion, right? So it was a little bit less of uh, of a clear key where they were going right which is, so basically what they've been doing with this motion is they they've been going to the tight end side so i'll have somebody coming in motion at the snap going to the strong side of the play and then they end up tossing the ball and running outside zone to that strong side right so to the tight end and motion side well in this game they finally started kind of building some things off of that right so they would run that same motion to the tight end side but then they would have the tight end come back the opposite way and and run their split zone stuff so it was a way to kind of get a design sort of cut back the opposite direction of the motion and they did that a bunch of times. Um, they they started, uh, they ran a lot more man stuff. And this was uh, part of what they did with Debo in the backfield as well. Um, a lot more man stuff than they've been doing uh, really at any point. I, I, I didn't have a chance to look it up, but I, I would imagine that this was probably the most man blocking uh, run plays that they have run since Kyle Shanahan got there. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, the the Devo touchdown was a man blocking scheme, wasn't it? Because yep. I saw that from the from the uh, behind kind of end zone angle, and I was like, huh, that's that's super interesting. And and yeah, the the running game was incredibly creative. I think that especially utilizing Debo in the backfield allowed them to get into some of their two back looks. But the personnel that came out on the field initially looked like single back personnel. But you had Jeff Wilson basically acting as the adjuster as the fullback. And he's the guy who's running in motion going across the formation with Debo in the backfield. So the Rams all of a sudden are seeing single back personnel. And, and then they're like, you know, oh, but now we're going to get hit with two back concepts. And it's just another way for Shanahan to keep them on their heels and, and give them different looks. Things that the Niners have been running over the last couple of weeks that they've been successful at over the last couple of weeks, but still adding more layers to it. And overall, it was incredibly successful. Um, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And, and Debo looked spry. Like he looked faster than he did, even when he would run outside zone plays before. Because I went back and I looked at some of the ones that he ran uh, against the Rams in 2019 in their week 16 win. And he didn't look this fast. He he looked really, really quick. Yeah, I mean, it, I think they're they're obviously finding any way that they can to get the ball in his hands right now. And I think he's playing incredibly well. Um, and yeah, I think it, it just goes to show, uh, you know, all these running plays and joke about running backs and it's like, you don't even need an actual running back to have success in the run game. You just put Debo Samuel back there and you get all the same stuff happening. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought, you know, the, the plan that they had was, was very good. I mean, also to be honest, like, uh, the, the Rams didn't really do themselves a lot of favors that they, it took them an incredibly long time to adjust. And even then they didn't really make too many changes. I mean, they were, uh, just heavily committed to running, uh, kind of the same sort of fronts. I mean, for the first, like basically the entire first drive, they were still in nickel personnel the entire time while the 49ers were, uh, you know, in, in their, um, 21 stuff that they like to do. And, and they were matching with nickel personnel. They were playing their two safety looks, uh, two high safety looks. And, and even though some of the time they would rotate one of those guys down, it's still, it's just sort of a different, like it's an easier block, right? If, if you have somebody that's coming in to pick up a safety and that safety's already aligned in the box and he's, you know, four yards from the line of scrimmage, uh, that's going to be a more difficult block and, and you're just going to have um, less time to make that than if somebody's starting deep 
and rotating down, right? The receiver or whoever, the tight end or, you know, whatever it may be that's that's picking that guy up has extra time to be able to find that guy and, and get some hands on him. And, and it's just so it's an easier thing for the offense to do. Um, and, and, but a lot of times, yeah, they were just basically, they had their three, they, they were kind of in that bare front, right? There were three down linemen that were there. They had their two guys standing up on the edge and then it was one linebacker just kind of roaming the back. It was a sort of five, one type look that they were doing. And, and it just wasn't working like, and they didn't really have a backup plan to that. Like they, they just kind of kept in the same look the entire time. And it wasn't until really, I think the second half that you started to see some, some different things from them defensively. Yeah. The Niners had 44 runs in this game. Uh, six of them were from Debo in the backfield where he was aligned. He doesn't have more than four backfield snaps in a single game in his career uh, until this game against the Rams. And uh, he had four in that 2016 game. And, and yeah, this is just, I guess, a, a team that Shanahan likes to deploy Debo in this way, especially against, and it's been successful now a couple of different times. One of the other things that Shanahan did, though, in this game was he was markedly aggressive on his one fourth down. That one fourth down that was fourth and six. And, and what was so interesting about this in the broadcast is that if you were listening to, to the, the broadcasters on the, on the main cast, not the Manning cast, they talked about how, in this case, the analytics say punt, which is kind of hilarious because the, the analytics say, I just think is a funny phrase. Um, it's like the analytics tell me, <laughs> the analytics say that this is, um, you know, tell me that you don't really pay attention to what the numbers are telling you by not telling me that this is what you do. But the, they, what's interesting about that is that it is important to note that there are different go for it on fourth down models. There are different inputs. They weight things differently. And so you've got an ESPN model, which is likely what I think Lewis Riddick has probably got in his ear. I think I forget exactly who was talking about this specific point, but I know that PFF has their model. Um, Brian Burke has his model. The fourth down bot has a model. Like there's, there's Ben Baldwin has a model that they have. They all kind of will give you different things based on different things that they value. And from the ones that I looked at, this was anywhere from punt, which it probably, probably the ESPN one said punt, to Ben Baldwin's, which was more of a toss-up. Um, to some, were saying, like, lean, go for it. And, and what Ben Baldwin said I thought was interesting was that his was a bit of a toss-up because the game at that point was basically almost already won by the 49ers, so you weren't going to gain a ton of win percentage points by being extra aggressive in that scenario. Um, I, I still appreciated the aggressiveness, and it was not only a good throw... But at that 100% salted away the game. And, and even at that score, at that score, especially after what the Detroit Lions did to the Niners in week one, I was still like, that was the moment where I was like, okay, now really this game is, is officially over. And so I appreciated the aggressiveness. I think the aggressiveness assured them the win. Uh, and it's just so interesting that like fourth and sixth, that's when he decides to go for it. Uh, but, you know, hey, you, you got to give him credit where credit is due. And, and that play, I think, really helped seal the win against the Rams. I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because it, it I think was clearly a situation where he had predetermined that he wanted to go for it. I mean, it was third and six and they hand the ball off. Um, and, and they typically, I mean, like, look, they'll run the ball in, in some situations that you don't usually expect or wouldn't like to see a lot of teams run the ball in. Uh, but third and six is, is a pretty clear passing down in, in just about every situation. And so typically when they do hand the ball off in those, it's with the idea that they want to pick up a few yards and set up an easier conversion situation on fourth down and go for it. Um, and, and they just didn't get anything on that handoff. Right. So you get stuffed for no gain, you end up in fourth and six and, and Shanahan, it seems like just kind of was like, 
all right, well, we, we planned on going for it. So we're going to go for it. Fuck it. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I obviously it worked out and, and I do, uh, certainly appreciate him leaning towards the, the more aggressive side of things and, and making some of these decisions, which isn't where he has typically been, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, this could have gone the other way, right? I, I do think this was, was more risky than your typical fourth down that we're, uh, you know, asking him to go for more consistently, right? Because you're at midfield here, you're at the 40 yard line. And yes, I mean, it, it is still, I think, even if you fail that unlikely that the Rams get back in it, but that's kind of their last hope, right? Like this is kind of the moment where it's like, okay, if they get a stop or if, if say you get something even worse that happens, you know, you get some sort of turnover in that situation. Uh, and that's what could kind of give them maybe a short field, right. To, to get a quick score. And then suddenly things are more interesting down the stretch, but yeah, obviously they, they were able to go out and execute, uh, and get a nice throw to Debo, and he does his thing afterwards, and the game's over at that point. And that's why I loved it. I loved it because it was it was not risk averse. The risk averse thing would have yeah. been like, you know what, we're already up a couple scores. You know, let's just go ahead and punt the ball away. We got this fantabulous fourth round punter. Let's go ahead and put him to work. And and they said no, we're gonna go. And and honestly, it was a really good throw from Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it, you look at where he lets the ball go. You look at where Debo's breaking into the window. That was 2017, 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo, less so the kind of Jimmy Garoppolo that we've become so accustomed to at this point. Um, he, he got the ball out really quick in this game. His 2.8, 2.08 seconds average time to throw um, was, I mean, that's incredibly fast. Usually the league leader is somewhere near 4.3 seconds, 4.4 seconds is basically Drew Brees. Um, and that's a lot faster than he normally averages out over the course of a year. He normally averages out somewhere near 2.6 seconds, 2.55 seconds. Um, and that's been fairly consistent in his 49ers tenure. But this was really a, the bag of tricks that looked a lot like 2019, where Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't asked to do a lot. But when he was asked to do something, he was efficient and effective, uh, especially on third and fourth down, and, and especially when he was... Um, you know, asked to do something. And and it's not that's not to say that Jimmy's good or good again. It's just like this is this is the fully realized plan that Shanahan baked out, I think, for this one year when he was thinking maybe we could have a run in us before we turn it over to Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I think like um I mean obviously Jimmy is is I think been playing better those these last few weeks and I think the accuracy has been improved, right? We're we're, we're at least getting back to that uh, area where he's the, he's throwing catchable passes, right? They may not be, um, in ideal spots. They may not be, you know, the, the places that you want to see him putting it to maximize yards after the catch opportunity. But I think, yeah, what they were able to do, I it just like what the, the past concepts that they were running worked really well against what, uh, the Rams were trying to do defensively, right? And and I think they created a lot of good matchups in the middle of the field because you saw the Rams doing a lot of, you know, they, they play a lot of too high stuff. So it's a lot of quarters uh, in there. And then they, whenever they would kind of spin to, you know, single high and run cover three or something like that, it was usually some sort of zone pressure. And so in the thing that those type of defenses have in common, this is something that you see, on the 49ers defense, right? But you have Fred Warner in this spot. So that that kind of central hole defender in these coverages um, 
ends up kind of matching up on the number three receiver a lot. And and that was in this one, it was George Kittle. Sometimes they was, it was Debo Samuel. And, and that was kind of the matchup that they seemed to be able to take advantage of in the middle of the field. Right. So it was early on, especially like Kittle got matched up against some linebackers. I mean, I think there was one time where it was like Leonard Floyd ended up as that whole defender and was matched up with Kittle. Uh, that, that gave him a pretty easy conversion. So they they definitely like were able to take advantage of what the Rams were doing, uh, and again Jimmy was uh, efficient enough, right? I, and I think this and it was finally a game where I mean we'll kind of get into the other side of it a little bit here in, in a second, but yeah, it was just it was a game where the bounces finally went their way instead of get, like a lot of things happened to the Rams that have been happening to the 49ers throughout this season. Yeah, well, really quick, one last thing on Jimmy Garoppolo. There's there's something that's coming up. It, it was coming up in the Discord chat from some folks that are that are on the Patreon stuff, but I also saw it on Twitter about Garoppolo's performance in the shotgun as opposed to his performance under center. And over the last couple of weeks, since week eight, which is a weird arbitrary cutoff, but hey, whatever, we're we're gonna use that arbitrary cutoff in this case just to kind of illustrate the point. You you look at his utilization in shotgun and it's been on an upswing and that upswing has corresponded with more successful play from Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, it would stand to reason then that what we really need is more shotgun play from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and you know, we haven't had the time to look back at all of the individual plays, which is something that we would probably typically do if we weren't doing reaction pods and trying to deal with network issues. But, uh, you know, even with the the little bits of research that we did, did we find that to be the case? Did we find that when you look at Garoppolo's shotgun splits, that he is somehow appreciably better than when he's playing under center or in some other situation? I have a hard time believing that shotgun is the primary driver here. So I think first off, uh, in these last three games, yes, it is absolutely true that that they are throwing the ball more from shotgun, and it is true that Jimmy Garoppolo is performing well on those plays, right? So um, essentially, over those three games, he only has four dropbacks from under center. Um, when, when they've been under center in these last three games, they have run the ball 93% of the time, like just an incredible tendency um and and so it has been heavy on the shotgun throws um and obviously he's been playing well uh the the thing that makes me feel like that's not the driver of what's going on here though is the first six games of the season so weeks one through seven uh jimmy garoppolo was the lowest graded quarterback in the nfl from the shotgun he was much better from under center um, so it's it's not like this was something that was there and it was like, oh man, like he's been seeming a lot more comfortable from the gun. Like let's let's make a switch here offensively and and do this more and get him more comfortable. Like that may have been the thought process behind it, but there was nothing on the field that led that would lead you to believe that this was gonna be the sort of outcome that they were getting right because yeah i mean he was like it, i mean it was it was ugly some of his numbers it was it was like zero big time throws uh seven turnover worthy plays from shotgun like we're talking again dead last out of anybody uh i think it was i forget the number of dropbacks but it was basically what ended up to be like the top 33 quarterbacks right um so basically you get your your starter from each team and and uh yeah, it, and it was ugly, and and so yeah, I, I think like um, it's, there there have been some other things happening offensively, and and part of it is just Jimmy's 
playing better. He's on a good stretch here. Like this is, um, you know, something that we've seen him do in just about every season. Like he always seems to have a, at least a small stretch there where he plays pretty well and puts it together and uh, things from the game plan sort of come together. I mean, this was another one where you look at his passing chart and it's like, I mean, if you compare it to like a basketball shot chart, it would be like basically a player who took every shot from the paint, right? It's just everything is clustered right in the middle and kind of short around 10 yards or less. And that was where he was at this game. And that's where he's been uh, during this good stretch. Yeah, I think that when you look at his performance, especially in this game, what made it so efficient is that he, he it wasn't reliant on him and him alone. He, he, could, he was able to pick his spots and be efficient. And that's, I mean, that was the 2019 formula. It was a defense that got turnovers, a defense that could create pressure, and uh, an offense that didn't have to run through Jimmy. And every now and again, they would get those kinds of performances from him like they did against New Orleans. And he had a couple of those in him. But when you're trying to rely on him week in and week out, he's just not, not that guy. He's not that quarterback. And in this game, the defense did just that. Jimmy Ward... He had a career matching two interceptions in one quarter. Um, thank you to uh, Odell Beckham, who basically stopped running on a scramble drill. And Matt Stafford is like, hey, look, wide receiver, you know our scramble drill rules. No, he doesn't. Uh, and he just chucked it up right to Jimmy Ward. And I was worried that he was going to drop that pass because <laughs> it hit him in the chest real hard. And I thought it was going to bounce right off his chest. And I was very, very worried. But Jimmy Ward gets that. He gets a good bounce from Tyler Higby. Stafford had four turnover-worthy plays against the 49ers. Two dropped interceptions. Fred Warner drops an interception. Talanoa Hufanga breaks up the pass against Emmanuel Mosley. Like he, I don't think he understood that it was Mosley. He ends up swiping his hands. Um, you know, I think you've got those actual bits of, of defenders who were creating. And then you've got drop passes from the Rams. You've got drop passes on third down. Tyler Higby drops a pass. Cooper Cup drops a pass. Um, you know, those are some of the bounces that you were talking about that are going the Niners way. And then you've got the defensive line that finally is able to close things out, especially in the red zone. They didn't get pressure seemingly all game. And then near the end of the game, they got a couple sacks. They got a couple of pressures. It wasn't a super positive pass rush game for the defensive line, but they got a couple of key sacks and key situations. And, and they were able to keep the Rams down and, and ultimately keep that positive game script, allow the 49ers to keep running, not let them tilt into a heavy Garoppolo game and keep things going the way that they needed to keep them going in order to win the game. Yeah, I, I mean, it was absolute, like, this is what they need, right? Like, right now, in order to to win these type of games against teams that, like, honestly are probably better. Like, I mean, obviously things were, were kind of ugly in this game, and you're going to get, I mean, it's the NFL, right? Like, shit, weird shit happens every week, things that you don't expect. I, I think like Jacksonville all, beating the Bills. Right. On the whole, I think it's it's pretty clear this season that the Rams have been a better team than the 49ers have been, right? And, and so uh, I think, yeah, you, you need some things to go your way in order to get a result like this. And so, uh, yeah, it was just finally a game where, I mean, the 49ers didn't have a single drop in this game. The Rams had six, right? And a lot of these were on uh, kind of critical situations, right? Like, or, or things that would have converted them for a, a new set of downs um, that ultimately they ended up, you know, not converting and, and not being able to uh to stay on the field and having to punt or whatever it is right so uh, i also only missed uh, one tackle where the yeah. last couple of weeks they've missed 10 
every game. Aziz Alshire must have just sprayed some stickum all over his jersey because people were not leaving his tackle attempt, even though he is traditionally one of the worst tacklers on the team. And, you know, I guess if your receivers aren't completing passes, you're not going to get missed tackles from Josh Norman either. Um, and, and so overall, I mean, this just, you're right. Everything was breaking their way. They had one of those games where they could tackle well and, and the other team was dropping passes and the game script is positive and things are going your way. Right. And once, I mean, I think that everything that happened, like so many of those bounces, right. Happened in that first quarter to like, to just give them that lead or like, like first quarter, but first half really is, is kind of like where most of that stuff was happening. And, um, yeah, I think you look at the, the first interception, right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Stafford, no idea what, like you, you look at where Beckham, Beckham had already like kind of stopped it running and given and up on, on the, the sideline. <laughs> like he's not even looking back at the ball at that point, because it was like, he's running some, like a deep corner route. It looks like. And, and so he's like breaking toward the sideline. He sees Stafford take off the scramble and he's already like shutting it down. And Stafford was just like, Hey, I'm going to throw up a jump ball to somebody that's not paying attention. Right. And so you get that. And then, yeah, you get the the drop on the pick six from war that just like bounces right into his arms. Right. Like, it, and so, yeah, some of those things are, are just incredibly fortunate. Um, you know, neither one of those, I mean, it's, it's a heads up play the second one by ward, uh, you know, to be able to, to react quickly and make the catch on that pass that falls into his lap. Uh, and, and obviously what he's able to do on the return, but it's not like it was a great coverage play on either one of those to get those interceptions. You know what I mean? So that was, those were the kind of things, uh, that, that kept happening for them throughout this game. And, and then I, I think it was just a matter of, you had that happen in the first half. You had the two drives that just ate up so much clock and suddenly you build this lead and then there's just not a lot of game left, right? Like, uh, I, I think things obviously changed a little bit in the second half, but there just wasn't enough time for it to ultimately matter. Yeah. I was very, very happy as a non-West coast parent that the first half was done in like an hour. It I was, was so incredible. excited. Yeah, because the the opening drive for the Niners was, what, like 18 plays, 11 minutes, something like that. I mean, they basically ate up the entirety of the first quarter on one drive, and I was half expecting them to end up with a field goal and end up scoring a touchdown, and it's like, okay, here we go. We're going to end early. We're going to get our bedtime in before 1045, This is and we're going to get a win. This is incredible. This is amazing. I love it. Just Shanahan being a bro, looking out for us non-West Coast parents. It's great. Uh, what does this mean, though, for the rest of the year? Does this put the Niners back in the playoff hunt? Are the Niners a good team? Does the roller coaster of what we think about the team begin today? We'll talk about that. But before we do that, we're going to tell you a bit about our sponsors because this week's pod is brought to you by TickPick. 49ers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. You can buy a ticket for the 49ers road game, maybe against the Rams, so you can see the 49ers crush Sean McVay's hopes one more time before the season is over. Uh, you can visit tickpick.com slash rivals today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. 
That is TickPick.com slash Rivals. All right, David. Are the 49ers now ready for their playoff push? Is this the moment we've all been waiting for? The time where they're still under 500 and pushing for that seventh playoff speed? Is, is this the team that Shanahan thought he was getting at the beginning of the year when he pulled this game plan out from his 2019 bag of tricks? He thought, you know what? This is the game. This is the fulcrum of the season. Here we go. Look, if if you were tuning in for the positivity, uh, as always, go Niners. It was great. Thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't really think this changes much, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and that's okay. Like they, it can still be fun, and they can still win the game, and I'm still excited they did, and I'm still talking mad shit to my Rams uh, uncle all of the time. <laughs> I sent him so many pictures of Shanahan as a dad and McVeigh as a baby. Did you, have you seen this picture? It's like a family portrait I, and someone yes. photoshopped, yes. <laughs> someone photoshopped McVeigh's head onto a baby in the Shanahan's family portrait. It's incredible. It's, it's, I mean, I, I don't know when they started adding Photoshop as a curriculum in middle school. Uh, I guess, you know, that, that was like when I learned hypercard, uh, you know, now they're learning Photoshop, but it's, it's incredible and it's wonderful. Um, but, it doesn't change much in terms of the big picture. Like, yeah, the, their chances of the playoffs are very, very likely in the same spot they were before. Big win in terms of division, big win in terms of conference. They're still not in that seventh playoff spot, but it, I mean, it'd still be, I think, and they're going to win more games because they're hitting the easier part of their schedule. Like they still have Houston. They still have Jacksonville, um, you know, and I think Seattle is beatable, but uh, you still have, I think, a rough stretch of games to try to get to, nine wins, which is where I think you may need to get to in order to get into like a, a muddled seventh seed. Um, and even then you're talking about a bar that's been lowered this season because you have a seventh playoff team. Um, so it's not exactly like only good teams are going to make the playoffs this year. You're going to have some kind of, you're going to have someone stumbling in that seventh seed, especially in an NFC where no one seems to want it. But I don't think this changes the fact that this is an average team at best that needs some real improvements but maybe can sneak a win in when everything goes their way. Right. Yeah. I think whether or not they end up making the playoffs, um, you know, without some significant changes over, over this final stretch of games here, like as things sit, like I, I just, it, you know, they, they don't feel like a good team. So like, yeah, if they, if they sneak in because you know, they're the NFC is really top heavy and there's only a couple of teams that are kind of separating themselves from everybody else. And, uh, and they just find a way to get in among that rest of that group. Right. Like, yeah, I, I don't know that that like makes me feel differently about how they've played this year. Right. And I think when you look at this game specifically and whether this is like a turning point for them, I, I just really, I don't see this as being a sustainable way for them to win games going forward, right? Like everything worked out in their favor here. But again, as we've talked about before, like it's very, very difficult to, to be successful offensively by stringing together, you know, these, these 18 play 13 play, whatever, you know, double digit play drives, uh, drive after drive and, and get points on the board, right? Like that's just not, what you see typically from good offenses, right? You need to be able to get chunk plays, especially in the passing game um, and make things easier for yourself sometimes. And so in this one, it was working. They got enough from the run game, you know, cause it's not like they were 
crazy. Like I think they only had two explosive plays in the run game in this one. And and it was really just more of a volume thing, right? They were efficient enough to, to keep leaning into it. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I think when you look at that, you look at some of the bounces that they got defensively, um, and, and just how this game script went, like, I, I don't know that they're going to be able to go out and repeat that. Right. And so that's what makes me worry. Like all of the same concerns that were there with this team prior to this game to me are unchanged after this. To me, this feels a lot like what the Warriors season felt like last year. Like making it to the playoffs is the win. But once they made the playoffs, you you and they ultimately didn't make the playoffs, but they lost in the play-in. But if they were to have made the playoffs, it would have been like, okay, that's the moment of release. But you wouldn't expect them to actually do anything in the playoffs once they're in there it's like well yeah puncher's chance but it really it's just like making it there and that's the that's the respite of the season i feel like that's where the niners are at right now this is not a championship caliber team it, making the playoffs as the seventh seed and squeaking in as someone who's going to maybe make it in with a losing record that that seems to be the goal and they can still do that sure that doesn't make this a good team so if the goal is just to kind of squeak it in the playoffs sure this will be great this will be fun Let's do it, right? Because, hey, why not? But the, 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 the Niners still have a lot to do in order to be a good team that's going to be considered, again, amongst the elite as they were just a couple of years ago. All right, well, let's round out with some quick hits. Shanahan told you Trey Sermon would get involved. He did. He caught a mortar kick in the second half. My dude's already contributing. Special teams ace. Third round pick. Let's get it. Uh, this next one comes from Matt Barrows. Elijah Mitchell's 27 carries were the most for a rookie since Maurice Hicks had 34 runs in a win over the Cardinals in 2004. Maurice Hicks. We found the one guy that's older than the podcast. You know what that means, like that. right? Clearly, uh, if if Mitchell gets 27 carries, we'll say let's like call it nice, you know, 25 plus carries per game, then the 49ers are going to win. That's that's what we need. Just we need to get him 25 carries. Uh, Charles Amenahu, Pride of Texas, got one pressure in nine pass rushes. Samson Ebukam had 23 pass rushes. No pressures against his former team. Just saying. Omenahu, just wait. Omenahu's the breakout star. Uh, uh-huh. going to be another, another fifth-round pick. The Niners know what to do with those fifth-round picks. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Elijah Mitchell, he's tied for third in the NFL for a percentage of runs with two or more yards after contact. That's, that's pretty good. The things that your running back should be able to do for you is be elusive, break some tackles, and Elijah Mitchell is doing that. He runs big, um, but he also runs injured. I think he also averages one injury a game at this point in his career. Running back. And finally, yeah, you know, hey, you need a lot of them. Uh, and finally, the 49ers waived Dre Kirkpatrick. It's officially Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore season for the 49ers. They don't have any other corners. It's Norman Mosley. Uh, I was going to say, is, is, is Norman still around? Did I miss something here? Because otherwise, it, well, no, still... but they're but they're now the like it's basically if Norman goes down, it's it's one of these guys, Dante Johnson, the barnacle, and then it's these guys. They they finally have worked their way into dressing for football games. This is <laughs> this is where it starts. So they can just watch the games now in a generally more uncomfortable state from the sideline because God. they've got to have all you know their pads and shit on. It was always the worst when you, so like I played offense and when you didn't receive the kickoff and you were warmed up and then you started to cool down under your shoulder pads, it was the absolute worst. 
the absolute worst. I can't imagine what that's like at the NFL, at the NFL level. Just Certainly getting like they, all they're, they they've got some solutions. You know, I think they're probably doing all right down there. On their the side. worst. It was much better when I was like when I was real little and you played pop Warner and you played both ways. You know. I mean, I can't really. I played both ways in high school too. So. Oh, easy, buddy. Easy. Well, Hash, humble brag, right? I can't can't <laughs> fix a network issue anymore, but I played both ways in high school. Hey, so, man. Uh, what up? On next week's edition of the Al Bundy, this is my high school uh, resume podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my high school resume, highly impressive. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, we A reminder, we will be here Thursday for our preview of the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll be here Sunday for the review of that game. And then we're going to spend some time with family. Thanksgiving, no Thursday show next week. But this week, definitely we'll have a Thursday show. And we'll have a Patreon video a little bit later in the week. Uh, we got some things. We got some things to sort out. So thanks to all of you who have bu- uh, bought us a beer. They said on the Discord, by the way, David, that you now need to buy them a beer. Um, or do a breakdown of all 44 run plays. Or do a breakdown of all of Wyshynowski's punts as penance for doing no live stream. So, uh, Plot we'll, twist, we'll, you guys actually now owe me an extra beer for pain and suffering of all the bullshit that I had to endure to, to get this podcast out uh, to begin with. So, uh, yeah, it's $10 a month this month. <laughs> Sorry about it. Oh, my goodness. All right, we're going to get out of here before David Price couches anymore. You can find me on Twitter, at Better Rivals. David, where can they follow you? patreon.com slash better rivals for, for ten dollars a month now <laughs> for ten dollars a month get it in before uh it goes up again because i'll tell you what this season i mean this this game notwithstanding brutal all right like prices are gonna soar soon so get in there while you can um support the pot look i'm not gonna give the whole spiel not not in a in a great place at the moment to give that with uh, the the oomph that it deserves, um, so just go and do it. Support us, buy us a beer. We need them. Thanks again for supporting alcoholism, and as always, go Niners. <laughs>